As Pastor Sean already said, this past Sunday, we began a a new three-part series called Declaring War. See, there are some things in our lives that we have allowed to go on long enough. It's time to put a stop to them. And listen, passivity will not get the job done. We're going to have to have our Popeye moment. I've had all I can stand and I can't stand no more. We're going to have to draw the line in the sand. We're going to have to say it won't go any further. Yeah, we're going to have to declare war. Well, last Sunday, Pastor-elect Sean declared war on indifference. Today, this being the Thanksgiving week, we're going to declare war on ingratitude. Ingratitude. I want to make four statements today that I have prepared about ingratitude. The first statement that I have to make is this, and that is it's an inclination we all must fight. Yeah, ingratitude. It's an inclination that all of us will have to fight. It seems to have been bred into us from the very first man, Adam. Remember the account of of creation in Genesis chapter 1 through 3. Do you remember how God created the man first? But soon God found that, that, that man, that Adam, was incomplete, and so he created the woman for him. And Adam, Adam, when God presented Eve, when God presented the woman to Adam, when, 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 when God gave Adam uh, Eve, Adam was very, very, very pleased. In fact, when he first saw her, he responded by saying, hey, 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 <laughs> ooh, la, la. He was very grateful to God for this incredible gift. Until, until they both disobeyed. And when God called Adam out for his disobedience, what, what did Adam do? Well, he blamed the woman. He blamed the woman. But not only did Adam blame Eve for his indiscretion, but, but he also, he even blamed God. Look at it. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 12. Adam, speaking to God, Adam says, it was the woman. She made me do it. It was the woman. But he doesn't stop here. He goes on to say, listen, he goes on to say, it was the woman that you gave me. He's talking to Almighty God there. And he's telling God, it's the woman's fault. And it's not just the woman, but it's the woman that you gave me. Wow. Some nerve, Adam. Where is the gratitude that you had for God's gift before you disobeyed? And voila. Ingratitude begins, and it has only progressed ever since. If you've read your Bible through, you will see that it is filled with grumbling, and it is filled with complaining. Fact of the matter is there's so much ingratitude and grumbling in the Bible from people. I'm surprised that there's not a couple of books in the Bible called First and Second Grumblers. God has been so good to all of us, right? He's been so good to all of us, and yet we are quick to forget about all of his blessings. And we began to grumble. We began to complain about the smallest things. Many years ago now, I built a a beautiful church in another city where I was pastoring at the time. 
The church had literally seen zero change in the church for 40 years, and that is no exaggeration. No change in 40 years. We built the brand new beautiful facility. The people in the church were so excited about, about the new facility that was being built. They would literally go out to the property. Some of them went out every single day to see the progress that was being made on the new building. Excitement was in the air. I'll never forget on the day of the grand opening, one of the men who was the most excited, I mean, literally, he would, he would go every day to see the progress of the building. And he was so excited. He was, he was one of the men that were the most exciting out of all. He, he came to church that day on opening day, and he came bouncing with excitement and enthusiasm. He coming through those front doors. But he stormed out of the building mad before church even started because he didn't like where his classroom was located. Really? Ingratitude. It's an inclination we all must fight. Let me, let me give you a sad fact this morning, and it's this, and that is we are better at grumbling than we are at being grateful. Yeah, 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 we're better at grumbling than we are at being grateful. Without a doubt, the children of Israel were, were, were the world champion grumblers, right? The world champion complainers. I mean, they grumbled about everything. Read about it. They grumbled about where they were, and they grumbled about where they weren't. <laughs> they grumbled about what they had, but they also grumbled about what they did not have. They grumbled about where they were going, and they grumbled about where they had been. <laughs> Ever met anyone like that? Don't look around. There was an old man who grumbled about everything. It didn't matter what it was. He was going to complain. He was going to grumble. It didn't matter what it was. He would find fault with it, and he never appreciated anything. One morning, his wife asked him what his preference was for breakfast. Do you want scrambled eggs, or do you want fried eggs this morning for breakfast? Scowling, he said, fry one and scramble the other. She did. But when she set his plate in front of him, he had a, he had a scowl on his face. And, and the wife said, what's, what's wrong now? What's wrong now? He said, you scrambled the wrong egg. <laughs> We're better at grumbling than we are at being grateful. I'm giving you four statements about ingratitude this morning. Statement number one, it's an inclination that we all must fight. Statement number two, it's an indication of what's in our heart. Proverbs 27 verse 19 says, the heart reflects the real person. Write this down this morning. Our heart is the gateway to our mouth. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 and verse number 45, Jesus said the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. 
Wow. So according to Jesus, you can tell what's in a person's heart by listening to the words that come out of their mouth. So people who consistently criticize have heart trouble. Something going on in their heart. People who have a lot of bitterness in their heart, they're going to reveal that bitterness through the words that come out of their mouth. See, people who deal with ingratitude have a, have a heart issue. Because our heart is the gateway to our mouth. But not only is ingratitude an inclination that we all must fight and, and an indication of what is in our heart. Number three, the third statement I want to make this morning about ingratitude is this. It paints an inaccurate picture of our situation. Yeah, ingratitude. When we are ungrateful, that it paints an inaccurate picture of our situation about what's going on in our life. See, see, people who habitually practice ingratitude often see things that are not there, and they don't see things that are there. And here's what can happen. Ingratitude generates all kinds of negative emotions. We'll say that again. Ingratitude generates all kinds of negative emotions. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 77, verse number three in the New King James Version, it renders it this way. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Here's what we need to understand. That is we get what we choose to focus on. When David killed the giant Goliath, it was his focus that made all of the difference. His brothers focused on the size of the giant, and because of that, they became fearful. David, on the other hand, focused on the size of his God and became filled with faith. Think about Job. Remember him? His faith was tested, perhaps like no other man ever. And as long as he practiced gratitude, he passed the test with an A-plus grade. Remember? Remember when all those horrible, terrible things happened in his life? And then his wife tries to, to get him to focus on the negative, but rather than chose to focus on the negative, he chose to be grateful for the positive. Job chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, Job said, Job said to his wife, he said, hey, he said, I, I came naked from my mother's womb and I'm going to be naked when I leave this world. He said, the Lord gave me what I have and the Lord has taken away uh, what, I, what he has taken away. And he went on to say, praise the name of the Lord. And the Bible says that in all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. And Job chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it continues. His wife, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. 
Job, can't you see all that has happened to you and happened to our family and happened to all that we, it's all, all gone. Are you still going to maintain your integrity? Are you still going to hold on to the goodness of God? Job, you just ought to just curse God and die. But the Bible says, Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Job says to his wife, should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? And it goes on to say, so in all of this, Job said nothing wrong. Wow. Well, the fact is, Job did well until he didn't. Right? He did well. For a time, for a while, for a season. As long as he maintained an attitude of gratitude, his emotions remained positive. But he soon began to grumble, and, and as he began to grumble, and as he began to complain, oh, negative emotions quickly appeared. You see a flip-flop really quick. When he begins to grumble and complain and practice ingratitude. And so we find in Job chapter 7 in verse number 11, Job says, I cannot keep from speaking. I must express my anguish. My bitter soul must complain. Listen, friend, when we choose grumbling over gratitude, things start going south in a hurry. We start seeing things that are not there. Things that, like exaggerated circumstances, things like wrong motives, things like inflated numbers. Mole hills begin to look like mountains and ants start looking like giants. Not only do we start seeing things that are not there, we don't see what is there. Things like possibilities, things like positive signs, things like family, things like friends who are there for us to encourage us. Oh, it's true, my friend, ingratitude paints an inaccurate picture of our situation. It generates all kinds of negative emotions. On the other hand, gratitude does just the opposite. Oh, yes, gratitude will generate all kinds of positive emotions. Yes, 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 it will fire you up. It'll put a spring in your step. It will put joy in your heart. <laughs> gratitude will do for you what the phone booth did for Clark Kent. Amen. It'll turn you into Superman. It's time to declare war. Time to declare war. It's time to overcome ingratitude. You say, but how, Pastor? Well, thanks for asking. Makes my job a whole lot easier. The answer is found in my fourth statement today. And the fourth statement is this. It, ingratitude, it can be overcome by intentionality. We can overcome ingratitude by intentionality. See, habits are easy to develop, but they're hard to break. 
See, it's easy to develop a habit of grumbling. It's easy to, to develop an attitude of complaining. It's easy to start taking our, our blessings for granted and even begin to expect them and even develop a, a sense of entitlement. It happens all too often. It, it often happens in the home. It happens in marriage. It happens on the job. It even happens at church. It's easy to develop a, a, a what have you done for me lately kind of attitude. Listen, the way to overcome ingratitude is through intentionality. Develop an attitude of gratitude. Intentionally develop gratitude into a habit. See, see gratitude should become our way of life. We're, we're, what, four days away from Thanksgiving, and thank God for Thanksgiving. I, I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite time of the year, and I'm thankful that, that we have somebody way back there set aside, and we still practice to this day, a day of Thanksgiving, a day of being grateful, a day of being thankful. And thank God for that, and we should do that. But friend, it ought to be more than just a day of Thanksgiving. Gratitude should become our way of life. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will. What is God's will? The circumstance? Maybe, maybe not. It's not talking about the circumstance. No, no. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. God's will is for you to be thankful. God's will is for you to be grateful. God's will is for you to be thankful no matter whether the circumstances are good or bad or indifferent. To practice an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy thanks living. Paul writes here that God's will for every saint is to make gratitude a way of life. I have intentionally made this into a habit of mine. I have many, thought, uh, I have many faults and no amens, please. I have a lot of faults. I have a lot of flaws, but ingratitude is not one of them. I am intentional about gratitude. My wife never cooks a meal for me without me saying to her, thanks, babe. I'm consistently thanking my staff when they do something for me. Hey, I, I could have the attitude that, that, that the paycheck I give them every week is their thanks. But no, every, even though I am their boss, I still say please, I still say thank you every single Time. I say thank you to the, to the waiter. I say thank you to the grocery clerk. I say thank you to anyone and everyone who does the slightest thing for me. Wow, pastor, you must be a saint. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> but in this area, I have discovered the positive impact that consistent gratitude can have on my life. 
And my life is rich and my life is rewarding and my life is meaningful and my life is fulfilling. Why? Why is it because everything is perfect and everything is problem free? No, no, no. It's because I don't just pause for a day of Thanksgiving. No, no. No, I've learned and have practiced for years now to learn to practice thanks living. Every day. Every day. Several years ago in a Thanksgiving message, I I wrote out what I called my ABCs of Thanksgiving. And I took each letter of the alphabet and I wrote down some things that I am grateful for that fit that particular letter. As I was putting this message together, I was reminded of that. But instead of taking out the old list, I decided to make a brand new list. And so I rewrote what I call the ABCs of my ABCs for thanks, of Thanksgiving for this message today. And I want to encourage you to write your own. Let me share mine with you, all right? I call this my ABC, the ABCs of Thanksgiving or the ABCs of gratitude. Let me, let me begin by saying I'm thankful. I'm thankful for A. I'm thankful for Amber, Addie, and the anointing. I'm thankful for Briley, the Bible, and birdies. Not the tweet-tweet kind. I'm thankful for Chad, for cheeseburgers, and I'm thankful for caring people who care for people. I'm thankful for Dawn, for my deacons, for a dependable staff, and debt-free living. I'm thankful for Easton, Ellie, and excellence. I'm thankful for forgiveness, family, and freedom. I'm thankful for grace, good friends, and golf. I'm thankful for my Heavenly Father, for the Holy Spirit, and for happiness. I'm thankful for insight, inspiration, and intimacy. I'm thankful for Jesus, joy, and justification. I'm thankful for Krista, kindness, and kissing. I'm thankful for love, laughter, and loyalty. I'm thankful for mercy, for missions, and Mexican food. I'm thankful for naps. And nature. I'm thankful for opportunities, optimism, and the ocean, especially the look on my wife's face when I take her. I'm thankful for provision, for purpose, for peace. For the Q, letter Q, I'm I'm thankful for my quiet time. And for queso. (laughs) And quesadillas. I'm thankful for redemption, and I'm thankful for the rapture, and I'm thankful for romance. I'm thankful for salvation. I'm thankful for security, and I'm thankful for steak. (laughs) I'm thankful for the grace place, thankful for trust, and thankful for tacos. (laughs) 
You didn't know your, 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 your pastor was so deep, did you? For the letter U, I'm thankful for unity, and I'm thankful for understanding. I'm thankful for vision. I'm thankful for volition. I'm thankful for volunteers. I'm thankful for worship. I'm thankful for wisdom. And I'm thankful for winning. I like to win. I don't know about you. For the letter X, that's a hard one, right? For the letter X, my, I'm thankful that my sins have been X'd out. <laughs> and I'm thankful for all the extras in life. And for the letter Y, I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for almost 20 years at the Grace Place. And finally, for the letter Z, I'm thankful for zeal. I'm thankful for zest. And I'm all so grateful that because the pandemic is over, I don't have to Zoom very often. <laughs> Those are my ABCs of Thanksgiving. I encourage you to write out your own. Amen. The takeaway for the message this morning is this grumbling will empty our emotional tank. Gratitude will fill it. It's amazing how much better our life can be when we make gratitude a way of life. Father, I thank you today one more time for your infallible, life-changing, life-altering, miracle-working word. God, I pray today that your word today, Lord, will do what is intended for it to do. God, you will do your work. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will, you will use the word and you'll use the, the anointing and you'll use the message today to speak to the heart of the people. In Jesus' name.